Welcome to Big House. We are super glad, yeah, I like that. We're super glad that you guys chose to be here tonight. Uh, if you don't know me, like Nikki said, my name is Ben Feenup, and I'm on staff here at Orchard Hill Church. And tonight we have a very special guest, my better half and my 38-week pregnant wife, Haley. Yes, hello everyone. Like Ben said, my name is Haley, and I am very pregnant. Uh, I'm a first grade teacher at Kingsley Elementary in Waterloo, and I'm very excited to be here. And hopefully I don't go into labor in the next 20 minutes because that would be super uncomfortable for everyone. I, I really have been secretly and not so secretly hoping that she does go into labor because I just think that would be the best story ever. I mean, besides being born in a barn, being born on stage at Big House is basically the dream. Uh, like Nikki said, we are in our last week of our relationship series, uh, and we'll, we will be talking about dating. Um, to do this, we're going to be sharing a little bit about our dating story, uh, and we wanted to start by saying that our story is one unique story, and not everyone's story will be the same, and that's okay. Don't feel any pressure from anything we say about our unique situation. Yes, everyone is definitely different. Uh, we have a couple pictures to show you. The first one is our very first picture together. This was in high school as a couple. And this is Ben's caveman hair stage, so not his best. He also, the day we started dating, gave himself a mullet. So he's gone through lots of different stages. Uh, and this one is a picture from our wedding where Ben has obviously glowed up, even though I've always been a perfect 10. And this is from, uh, if you know Courtney Johnson, her and her husband photographed our wedding. So this is a picture from that day. Um, ben and I actually met when we were in seventh grade at Pete Junior High, but we didn't start dating until our junior year of high school. And in between that time, we were in the same friend group and we hung out sometimes, but we dated other people. And at the time when we were both single, Ben told me he had feelings for me. And I put him in the friend zone for about a year before we officially started dating. So I know some of you are probably thinking, what is the point of dating in high school anyway? Which is exactly the first question we wanted to answer. Yep. So we believe that the purpose or point of dating is to find a spouse or a partner. So dating in high school should be low pressure and about exploring what you're looking for in a mate. In other words, dating with the purpose of finding out what you would need in someone to spend the rest of your life with them. And like I said earlier, different people have different journeys in this. Do not feel any pressure to date at all if you don't want to, and don't feel bad if you've been in more relationships than you are proud of. So I'm gonna say that one more time. Do not feel any pressure to date at all if you don't want to, and don't feel bad if you've been in more relationships than you are proud of. Uh, in junior high and high school, I had a lot of different girlfriends, and I'm not super proud of everything I chose to do or everyone I chose to date, but I was trying to figure out what I was looking for. Haley, on the other hand, had very few boyfriends. As we were writing this, we were talking about the different things that I learned in different relationships I was in, and I truly learned something unique in each different relationship, which led me to know the kind of person that I would need to find to get married. So in conclusion, dating has a purpose, and it's to explore who you would like uh, to be married to someday, or the kind of person that you would want to have in a partner. So what does the Bible say about dating, and how do you date? 
Unfortunately, the Bible was written at a much different time than today, and it doesn't really talk much about dating relationships, if at all. Really, the book of Song of Solomon talks the most about what a dating relationship as we know it might look like. This book of the Bible is where we're going to spend the majority of our time, so if you have your Bible or have the Bible on your phone, you can pull that out and flip to the Song of Solomon. It's in the middle of your Bible, shortly after Psalms and Proverbs, and if you hit Isaiah or Jeremiah, you've gone too far. If you don't have a Bible, it will be on the screen as well. Uh, The book of Song of Solomon is an interesting book in the Bible where King Solomon, the leader of God's people, and a woman write letters or poems back and forth of them courting or what we would call dating. However, what makes this weird is that it was written at a different time and King Solomon actually had hundreds of wives and concubines. We don't want to be hung up on this because this book is obviously important and beautiful, but this is the reality. And we're not saying that that is right or okay to do now, but back then it was culturally accepted. And also, you'll notice the compliments given to each other in the book are very, very strange and not something that I would recommend saying to anybody today. Uh, Yeah, they get really weird. But with that being said, let's start talking about dating. So our first point is, obviously, a dating relationship begins with some kind of attraction. So it could be physical attraction, intellectual, emotional. You could just like the way someone looks. You might like the way they treat people. And right away in the Song of Solomon, chapter 1, verses 1 through 3, this is what the woman writes. Let him kiss me with the kisses of his mouth, for your love is more delightful than wine. Pleasing is the fragrance of your perfumes. Your name is like perfume poured out. No wonder the young women love you. And in verses 15 and 16, it says, How beautiful you are, my darling. Oh, how beautiful. Your eyes are doves. How handsome you are, my beloved. Oh, how charming. And our bed is verdant. So obviously, they're very interested in each other, as you can tell. Uh, For me, I was interested in Ben because of our friendship with each other. And I knew he cared about me and always wanted to listen to what I had to say. He was respectful and always made an effort to connect with me through conversation first. And I became interested in him in other ways after the initial attraction of friendship. Yeah, and to piggyback off of what Haley said, uh, physical attraction is normal and it can be what matters at the beginning of a relationship, but physical attraction alone is inadequate or not able to sustain a healthy relationship long term. There has to be more depth than just that. Our second point is to ask people who you know or trusted adults about the other person and if they would be good for you to date. Sometimes infatuation or or attraction blinds us to the negative things people do or say. In Song of Solomon chapter one, verses three and four, the woman writes, pleasing is the fragrance of your perfumes. Your name is like perfume poured out. No wonder the young women love you. And her friends actually write back, we rejoice and delight in you. We will praise you, your love more than wine. How right they are to adore you. Clearly the things she was told by her friends and the people that she asked were all saying that, Sol- that Solomon is a great dude. So for Haley and I, we already knew a lot about each other because we were friends for a really long time. So we didn't have to ask many outside people, but we would have if uh, we didn't know each other. And for me, people that I trusted were my family. And so it was really important to me that my big brother liked Ben. So I set up some times where um, I went out of my way to make sure that they did spend time together uh, so that I knew, because I knew my brother wanted what was best for me and would be honest with me about what he saw in Ben. 
It was also important to me that he got along with other important family members to me, like my mom and my dad and my sister. So maybe your relationship with your family isn't always that great, uh, but there is an adult or someone you can trust, like a small group leader or an aunt or someone that you spend a lot of time with who really cares about you and you would want to agree with who you are dating. Uh, so next, you have to get to know yourself, and this is really, really important. You have to know who you are and how to respect yourself and your feelings and your thoughts before you can expect to find someone who can also respect you, your thoughts, your feelings, and your goals for your future. And as Ben mentioned before, we did spend a lot of time together as friends, and uh, while that was happening, I was kind of trying to figure out my self-worth. And ultimately, that kind of hurt Ben and I because we were kind of acting like we were dating and it confused us while I wasn't ready to be in that type of relationship. Uh, and we couldn't do that until I came to terms with who I was and figured out my own worth. In chapter one of Song of Solomon, verses five through six, the woman writes, dark am I yet lovely daughters of Jerusalem, dark like the tents of Kedar, like the tent curtains of Solomon. Do not stare at me because I am dark, because I am darkened by the sun. My mother's sons were angry with me and made me take care of the vineyards, my own vineyard I had in neglect. So this may sound and seem weird, but basically what she was saying is she was not confident in herself and didn't think Solomon or anyone could love her. And so if you find yourself in this kind of place, it's kind of dangerous to be in because if you're feeling like you're not good enough, you might make decisions that can cause you more harm than good. So it, it's worth it to take the time to get to know yourself first before you expect yourself to let anyone else know you. Yeah, that's really important. Uh, in addition to knowing yourself, you have to get to know the other person, obviously, and be friends with them. Um, to preface this, I don't think that I made the best choices in terms of dating before I started dating Haley. However, through my dating experiences, I learned what I wanted in a relationship and the kind of person that I wanted to be in a relationship with. And after I got to know Haley and knew that I was interested in her, I knew that she was someone who I could see myself marrying someday, and it happened to work out like that. But sometimes, although you get to know someone and you find someone who fits this for you, it doesn't always work out. Uh, also, in this kind of point, it's, we think that it's really important to get to know what they think about God and what their thoughts and feelings are, because uh, it's important to talk about that and define that in a relationship as well. Um, in Song of Solomon, chapter 1, verses 7 and 8, the woman asks Solomon where he t takes his sheep, which is super strange, and I don't think any of you tend sheep. Maybe I'm wrong. Uh, but what he is basically saying is, how can I spend more time with you? Where are you going to be at? Um, she wants to be around him more. So this brings up our next point of pursuit. Um, and I also like to call this being a simp. And I know what you're thinking, but it's not a bad thing. In healthy relationships, it's important to be around each other and to pursue each other. Um, in high school, it was important for us to find a balance between spending time with each other and still spending time with our friends and family. And this wasn't easy and will be different with everybody. Um, but we definitely didn't want to ruin our friendships with other people. Um, so we had to take advantage of the time that we had together. When we were together, I was the kindest, nicest, most gentlemanly person that I could be and really tried to spend quality time with Haley. I really wanted to, her to be happy. I, I wrote her notes, bought her candy, complimented her, the whole nine yards. 
That is true, he was really nice to me way back when. But it doesn't stop then. He's still very nice to me now. Don't get me wrong. Still very nice to me now. And it doesn't stop. That's actually our next point. Once the honeymoon or beginning stage is over. So we did end up going to the same college, which did cause a lot of change in our friends and our schedule. And we both did growing up in lots of different ways. Um, But the balance got really tricky. So Ben spent a lot of time doing a lot of good things, but kind of started to neglect our relationship a little bit. So we had to sit down and decide if we were both still willing to spend intentional time together as we got older and changed. And so for some people, this is a time where when you have that talk, you grow apart and you're ready to experience different people and different things, and that's totally okay. But in our case, we decided to recommit to the work that a healthy friendship and relationship takes. Now for the fun point, don't awaken love too early. So in Song of Solomon, it says the exact, this exact phrase in a couple different occasions in chapter 2, verse 7, and chapter 3, verse 5. This is a sort of cryptic way of saying, don't go too far physically. And this is a tough but important thing to do. It goes back to knowing and respecting yourself enough to make choices with your body and heart that will protect you and glorify God both in your current relationship and in all of your future relationships. Yeah. Um, when you awaken love too early in one relationship, it really impacts all future relationships, whether you understand it at the time or not. What you do in dating relationships could ultimately impact a marriage relationship or a partner relationship, especially in the area of sex. To help create boundaries, it is important to uh, be open to having honest conversations um, with your significant other, other trusted adults, parents, a family group leader, Um, Because the reality is God does desire sex to happen within a marriage relationship, but he has redemption when things don't go exactly according to his plan. And that's really important to remember. When Haley and I were dating, we had to talk about boundaries on several different occasions as our relationship went on. We were not perfect by any means. No one is, but we were trying to honor God with our actions. I remember vividly Haley calling me after Big House one night. I didn't actually go to Big House, but Haley did. Uh, and I drove over to her house, and she read me uh, 1 Corinthians chapter 6, uh, verses 12 through 20, which says, I have the right to do anything, you say, but not everything is beneficial. I have the right to do anything, but I will not be mastered by anything. You say food for the stomach and stomach for the food, and God will destroy them both. The body, however, is not meant for sexual immorality, but for the Lord, and the Lord for the body. By his power, God raised the Lord from the dead, and he will raise us also. Do you not know that your bodies are members of Christ himself? Shall I then take the members of Christ and unite them with a prostitute? Never. Do you not know that he who unifies himself with a prostitute is one with her in body? For it is said, the two will become one flesh. But whoever is united with the Lord is one with him in spirit. Flee from sexual immorality. All other sins a person commits are outside the body, but whoever sins sexually sins against their own body. Do you not know that your bodies are temples of the Holy Spirit who is in you, whom you have received from God? You are not your own. You were bought at a price. Therefore, honor God with your bodies. Um, This was just a really powerful moment for us in our relationship as we had pushed some boundaries, but we were able to focus back on God and his wishes and desires for us. And it was really cool that this 
one conversation that Haley started led to us having more conversations about choices that we had made in past relationships, uh, and it allowed me to begin to talk to Haley about my struggle at the time with watching porn. Open conversations, clear boundaries, and searching for God's desires for relationships leads to a healthier, more God-honoring relationship. The last story I wanted to share about this is going to sound really weird to all of you, but it's something that I think is really important or it could be useful for you. In the last couple years before Haley and I got married, the temptation to have sex grew and grew and grew. Through conversations with a small group leader, I decided that I physically, I just could not make out with Haley because I just could not handle it. It was weird and it was difficult for Haley to understand, but it was something that helped us in this area to not awaken love until it was time. Yeah, really strange conversation to have with your boyfriend, but kind of a good one too. So while these conversations were difficult to have and kind of strange, they ultimately helped us grow closer together because it made us a team that held boundaries together rather than Ben like silently trying to figure it out or me trying to tackle struggles or confusion by ourselves. Uh, and in addition to us being on the same page, we had a married couple that mentored us that we loved and trusted and that loved and trusted us um, that helped us to establish these boundaries so we didn't do it by ourselves um, and talk about the struggles that we faced because we were too young and it's hard to see it, um, to have it all figured out and it really helped to have someone to be completely honest with even if it was difficult. Yeah, and that's our hope for you is that you can have space uh, in family group to have open and honest conversations, have the hard conversations in this area if you need it. But to wrap everything up tonight, Dating is something uh, that everyone has their own journey and perspective on, but there is a purpose, finding a partner for life. And the Bible mentions how to be in a dating relationship by acknowledging that there has to be attraction, but it isn't the only thing required. There has to be more put in by each member of the relationship. There needs to be some level of commitment, of friendship, and ongoing pursuit to keep the relationship going. I think it's my beard. Uh, And finally, although it can be difficult, there has to be some boundaries that are there to protect you and to help you have the most fulfilling marriage if you are blessed with one. In all relationships, not just dating, God calls us to love. And in 1 Corinthians uh, 13, 4 through 8, Paul explains what that love looks like. Paul wrote, Love is patient. Love is kind. It does not envy. It does not boast. It is not proud. It does not dishonor others. It is not self-seeking. It is not easily angered. It keeps no record of wrongs. Love does not delight in evil, but rejoices with the truth. It always protects, always trusts, always hopes, always perseveres. Love never fails. Our hope is that you can find that love in this room, but ultimately that you can find that love in God, and he will make that love perfect and complete in you if you invite him into your life. So with that being said, I'm going to pray and close this down, and Tim is going to come up, and we are going to sing some songs. God, thank you for tonight, and thank you for bringing everyone here in this room and for bringing people to watch online. Uh, God, I just pray that your truth was heard um, and that uh, 
as people enter into dating relationships and start to have hard conversations, that you can just remind them of your love and faithfulness uh, and your hopes and desires that you have for their life. Um, God, we're so thankful for Jesus and you sending him to the cross for us. Uh, and God, I just pray that as we move into Lent and look towards Easter, that we can remember that and make a commitment to you. It's all in Jesus' holy name we pray. Amen.